KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> yeah, I stir the pot. That's what I do. That's my job, and I love it. And I so appreciate you for stirring it with me, pushing back or, you know, agreeing. Agreeing or agreeing to disagree? Yes, indeed. 800-920-1580. That's the spot. Or hit me on socials, KBLA 1580 or Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A. And then radio. Um, being joined now um, by an assistant professor of the Department of History, uh, of um, History, Political Science, and Philosophy. Um, uh, he has got a Ph.D., uh, from Howard University, uh, Department of African Studies, a concentration of public policy de- and development in Africa, an MA from Howard University, Department of Modern Languages and Literatures. And um, he is, uh, he's got a BA from the University of Abidjan in the Ivory Coast, West Africa. Uh, so pleased to have him back. It's been a minute, Dr. Naka um, Lagoke. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, thank you very much, Dominic, for the opportunity. Appreciate uh, the conversation. So we we talk about a lot of things around here, um, and you know, top of mind for many has been the crisis in the Middle East, the war between Israel and Hamas. Um, which, of course, impacts the Gaza Strip and the Palestinian people. Um, and in I think because of this crisis, there is a renewed focus on some of the humanitarian fallout, crises, wars, conflicts, whatever you want to call them, going on in Africa. Uh, and so I was hoping that uh, you can help shine some light on that and how, you know, all of these pieces um, interact. Because when we talk about the Middle East, I mean, parts of what we call the Middle East are actually Africa, right? Yeah, part of it. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that. I mean, you know, let's start with the basics, you know, because right now when you hear about Palestine and Israel, you hear about Folks going to Egypt. Will Egypt let Palestinians uh, go there? Will they, you know, open up that? Uh, will the, you know, Hamas and Israel allow uh, the, the passage of international passport holders? But Egypt is part of Africa, but people call it the Middle East. And I think, you know, this is a good place to start when we look at how all of these things are interconnected. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I uh, I don't know exactly how I can start, but let me. If I'm not, if I'm off track, you know, you may guide me. Uh, the first thing that I will say is that uh, uh, you know, all of us, you know, we've been watching the news in the Middle East, and then uh, we saw that uh, the Hamas forces and attacked Israel on October the seventh. And 2023, and then after that, Israel decided to retaliate. And many were asking themselves questions. They wanted to know how come in the world uh, the CIA, the Mossad, and all those intelligence forces of the Western world, uh, they did not know that Hamas was going to attack Israel. Uh, Based on the information that I could uh, have, that I read some in some uh, credible news uh, papers, uh, people in Israel, they knew. Uh, the United States of America, they knew, and Hamas even uh, they did uh, uh, publicize, you know, what they were planning to do. 
uh, according to the news that I read, wow. the, Egyptian government, the Egyptian government informed Israel that Hamas was going to attack them. So now that's another conversation for another day, but uh, that's something that I wanted to share. And uh, now, uh, wow! I mean, I know, I know that Israel supported Hamas previously because Ben Ben Benjamin Netanyahu wanted to divide uh, Palestine and make sure that you know that they did not actually gain a real statehood. Um, what you're talking about is, as far as Israel knowing, I've heard speculations, but I have not seen credible uh, credible reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen because I, I saw, saw like a news. Uh, a report uh, done by a French uh, journalist uh, on Facebook. There were more than one million views, and I watched that video. And the information that you just shared, uh, the gentleman uh, spoke about it, how uh, Netanyahu uh, supported uh, the Hamas because he thought that, you know, it was good for Israel uh, to have an enemy known by all Israeli in order to rally the nation against the Palestinians. Mm. Uh, so, well, yeah, I so mean, that, yeah, yeah, that's that. I mean, that's a slippery slope. I don't. I haven't seen that. I to me, if I see a million views, it doesn't necessarily mean a thing is true. But I'm certainly, I will certainly uh, look at that video uh, since no, you brought it no, to no, my no, attention. It, you know, it, it, it is in French, and then uh, oh, so then the I won't understand. Thing, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the good thing, but if you have somebody who speaks French, the good thing, but there are some 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 news uh, articles that were in English, and if you see, uh, you see like uh, the information are there, the copies of the news, uh, the newspapers in which uh, you know you see all the information that I just shared. So yeah, so now that uh, Israel decided to uh, retaliate, uh, which was accepted and anticipated, uh, uh, now the, the crisis. Uh, is uh, escalating, and then many in the world uh, think that uh, you know something needs to be done uh, to preserve the lives of the civilians. Uh, people can understand if there is a war between the Hamas and the Israeli government, and then if uh, the, 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 the Jewish state decides to go after the Hamas, uh, people can understand because you know they were attacked. About uh, the level of the retaliation, and then it was done uh, without. Uh, uh, sparing the lives of many that could have been saved, uh, then there is an outcry in the world against the way Israel is conducting its military operation in Gaza. So that is uh, what I want to say. Uh, for me, as I, I, I published a book on the International Criminal Court, as I was talking about a crisis in my country, uh, Ivory Coast, uh, where the president from the Ivory Coast, who was there in power from 2000 to 2010, uh, there was a rebellion against him. Against him, he was defeated militarily, believed to have lost the election to 2010 and 11, and then he was taken to the Hague. And then later on, we saw the United States, France, all of them activating the International Criminal Court to go against him, and he spent almost 10 years in the Hague. And he was released, acquitted, and that they said that he, didn't, he was not, uh, he was not, uh, uh, he was, he was acquitted. So uh, for me, as I was writing on uh, that book, I have the the words of Dr. King, uh, who said that the struggle for justice shall not be segregated. Uh, what is good for the Palestinian, uh, what is good for the Jewish people, uh, should be good for the Palestinians, and what is good for the Americans. Uh, should be good, you know, for the French, for the Russian. Uh, what is good for the for the Europeans should be good for the Africans. That is my position, 
and then I am on the side of the civilians, be in Israel and be in Palestine, who are suffering from the war that is going on. That's my position uh, before I we could be going and before I answer other questions. Mm. Um, yeah, Fahima just sent me an article from the Guardian. Uh, which says Egypt warned Israel of Hamas attack days earlier, according to senior U.S. politician, uh, senior uh, politician Michael McCall, the chair of the U.S. House Foreign Affairs Committee, speaking after an intelligence briefing to senior members of Congress, said it was not clear at what level that warning was given. But we know that Egypt has warned the Israelis three days prior to an event uh, like this, um, that that could happen. So, um that's just me reading this article, at, you know, in real time because I haven't delved into it. But that's from uh, from two weeks ago, that article. So I did not I missed that. Um, but I have heard the conversations about it um, on a lot of these interviews and such. Um, and, you know, when you talk about your country, um, the Ivory Coast, which I guess now we're especially we are officially calling it. Uh, I never know how to say it in French. Cote d'Ivoire. Is that how you say it? Cote d'Ivoire. Cote d'Ivoire. <laughs> I want to say it right because <laughs> it's like, hey, what country is that? Oh, that's the Ivory Coast. Um, you're, you're, the thing. <laughs> when you're talking about the coup there, you're using that as an example um, to to kind of orient us as far as how the kind of role the U.S. Play, can play in these conflicts? Is that what you were pointing up there? Yes, because uh, first of all, uh, you know, uh, Ivory Coast, that's, in, that's the English version, and Côte d'Ivoire, it is the French version of, of Ivory Coast, and in Spanish they say Costa de Marfil. So it is the same thing. So if somebody says Costa de Marfil, that's the same country, Ivory Coast or Côte d'Ivoire. But uh, yes, uh, because when uh, when I like, when I was writing the book, and it, by the way, the title of the book is Laurent Babo's Trial and the Indictment of the International Criminal Court: A Pan African Victory. Uh, even though it is uh, about my country, I have to do a lot of research. I have to do a lot of reading, particularly when the case of Ivory Coast was taken to the Hague. Then you know, even though I'm not a law uh, uh, like uh, expert, I have to go and read and see uh, from Leipzig trial to the Nuremberg trial, and then to the International Criminal Court. So then you see that uh, the playbook, uh, that's the thing I wanted to say, the playbook of the West, uh, led by the United States, is the same. If they are friends with you, they close their eyes on everything that you do, and then if you are an enemy, they exaggerate you know, your little mistakes, and then they induct you, and then they prosecute you, and they send you to prison, uh, send you to prison you know, for them to do to advance that the imperial agenda. So that's the same thing. And then the the, the, the question is, uh, not the question, the conversation is about the double standards that we see uh, of the Europeans led by America uh, uh, that, you know, they've been using. It's the same playbook. So uh, we saw the war in Russia, the war between Russia and Ukraine. And then for two years, we've been reading news after news, days after days, how... Uh, uh, Vladimir Putin was killing the poor children of Ukraine. And everything that we were hearing, and we knew uh, many of those things were exaggerated, but somehow now we see Israel attacking uh, Gaza, and then all of a sudden the President of the United States, uh, who was talking about sending Vladimir Putin to the International Criminal Court, now uh, is not talking the way he should, in order to defend the lives 
of the poor Palestinian children. So this is what we talk about. If Israel goes after God, after Hamas, you know, it's a war, we can understand, but bombing the way they're doing and killing those poor civilians, children, who are, who, who many of them are not even connected to, to, to Hamas, I think that uh, that is the double standard that we are talking about. So the same playbook that they did in Ivory Coast, they did that in the case of Patrice Lumumba in Congo. They did the same thing in the case of Kwame Nkrumah in, 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 in Ghana. They did the same thing in the case of, of Nelson Mandela in South Africa. That's the same thing they're doing in the Middle East. And it's not advancing the cause of humanity. We're talking uh, with Dr. Uh, Naka Lagoke. You're welcome to join 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. We are KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do appreciate you and thank you for waking up with Dr. Lagoke. He's assistant professor at Montgomery College. He's a, He is an author. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dr. Lagoke. No, no, I'm at Lincoln University since 2017. And I'm an assistant professor of history and Pan-African studies there since 2017. Okay, I'm on your website now. So, um, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I thought it was Lincoln, but I'm reading the website. So, in any case, it's um, it's great to have you on. And, you know, one of the things that this horrifying situation uh, in Israel, um, Palestine, and Gaza um, has has pointed up, it's made, I think it's making a lot of people look at what else is going on globally. Um, some, um, I'll call them nationalists, black Americans have made the point, because I, I say I'll call them because they're coming from all different kinds of ideologies, making the point that, you know, as black Americans, this is not our fight. This is not our problem. Um, and we should be more focused on what's going on here at home. And in some cases, they make the um, point that we should be more concerned about places like Sudan, uh, like Congo. Um, so let's start with Sudan, because Sudan is, um, you know, much actually similar to um, to the situation with Israel and Palestine. It's just this ongoing um, problem in, in Sudan with governance. So break it down yeah. from your um, from your perspective. perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, been, uh, I am familiar with that conversation, and then I have a, a friend of mine uh, last Sunday, uh, a brother from here. Uh, we were having that conversation with uh, some other sisters, and that was his position. And then I uh, I understand uh, because you know. Uh, you know, before the Atlantic Slave Trade that lasted for 400 years, uh, black uh, black uh, Africans were enslaved uh, for, uh, during the transparent trade from the 7th century to the 14th century. And then many other things that we see, we heard, uh, some Arabs selling into slavery, uh, people from Africa, those migrants in the 21st century. So I understand when people are talking like that. I understand also that uh, uh, many are talking about the history of the Jewish people, uh, how you know many of them were involved in like, some of the systems that oppressed us. I understand that. But I do not agree, and I'm going to say why I do not agree. 
uh, because uh, we have uh, people like uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, the boxer, uh, who decided, who, who refused to go to Vietnam uh, because he was saying that uh, the Vietnamese did not do anything against him. Therefore, he did, he did not feel uh, the right to go there and fight and can kill the Vietnamese during the Vietnamese War. We have somebody like Malcolm X, uh, who uh, fought here as a leader of the Nation of Islam, who created the organization of the Afro-American Unity, and who was on the on the side of people who were fighting, being Palestine in some other parts of the world. But uh, I have Dr. King, uh, who, uh, as we know, the, the greatest icon of the civil rights movement, involved in the struggle for the decolonization of Africa, like the two other gentlemen that I mentioned, and then who, by the way, uh, uh, gave a, a speech on April 4th, uh, April 4th, 1967, one year before his assassination, and then as he was opposing the war in Vietnam. Yes, we can be black, we can be Africans, we can focus on our struggles, but uh, the history of, the, of struggles, the history of freedom, has always been a history of humanity. So if there is a call for human solidarity, uh, we're not going to say, oh, you know what, we're not going to focus on that. Let, let us focus on our own issues because uh, the same way many of our ancestors were fighting and they had the support of people from the, the Arab world. They have the support of people from the Jewish world and they have the support of people uh, coming from the Asian world. And you, rem- you certainly know uh, during uh, the Bandung Conference 1955, the Asians, the Arabs, the many of them, they were, they were they supported the struggle for the decolonization of Africa, and many of them spoke on behalf of black Americans. So therefore, uh, we can fight for our own uh, battles. Uh, we can also, in the name of freedom and human solidarity, uh, speak up and speak against human rights violations in different parts of the world. Uh, so this is what I want to do to say about that. I can give many other examples. Nelson Mandela also was on the, in favor of the cause for the Palestinians. And today, uh, South Africa is in that tradition under the leadership of Cyril Ramaphosa and the Minister of Foreign Affairs of South Africa, Dr. Nalidi Pandor. So I don't want to be too long on that. And then, so let me go back to Sudan now. Uh, but uh, the other argument is that uh, if the Europeans today with uh, Israel, that's exactly what they did with Ukraine. Uh, we saw how the entire world of the Western world, uh, under the leadership of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, how they mobilized c- countries in the world uh, beyond the 28 or the 30 countries that are part of NATO to go give weapons and support the Ukrainians as they were doing that. Of course, the people in, of Congo have been killing, have been dying like, for, for, for decades, uh, suffering uh, from the power, the destructive power of many corporations controlled by the West. And then at the same time, we have the crisis in Sudan. So what we are saying is that there should not be discrimination when it comes to human rights and when it comes to justice. The same way they can mobilize the entire world for Ukraine, the same way they can mobilize the entire world for Israel, uh, 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 that's the same way they should understand 
the cry of the millions of people in the street, be uh, in Baghdad, in Egypt, in, 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 in Germany, who are fighting for the cause of the Palestinians, that is the same way they should be looking at those Africans who have been slaughtered, you know, by, by a system that the Europeans have put, put into place. So uh, now to, in, the, in Sudan, two generals uh, were uh, in power. Uh, they, were, they fought and then to take out of power uh, Bashi. And then later on, you know, there was a fallout between those two. Uh, and then because of the security reform, uh, one, they decided to fight and then they've been fighting. And then there is like a serious crisis over there. And definitely, we think that the world can do better than what they're doing in order to save the lives of people over there in Sudan. Right. So, you, I mean, you basically have, um, but, the, you know, you have these uh, two generals clashing with each other while all kinds of human rights atrocities are going on in Sudan. And we just we just don't hear much about it. Um, the... Um, it seems to me that when we have these kinds of crises in Africa, even if you look at the Congo, which folks like to call a poor country, but why is Congo constantly, um, you know, uh, at war? It seems to me just the opposite because it's rich in resources, uh, resources that are needed to make cell phones, resources that um, European and Western nations want. Um, and so as a result, you know, the... the uh, Governments are not stable, and then we blame Africa as if we had nothing to do with these uh, conflicts and or we ignore it, which is what I see um, happening more when it comes to uh, the human rights crises in the Congo and in, uh, in the Sudan. Yeah, I, I thank you very much, Dominique, uh, for, you know, for your knowledge and then for your wonderful perspective about uh, you know, world politics or, you know, world events. Uh, yes, it is about the resources, but before the resources, I think it is about, uh, I don't like to talk like that, but I, I think it is about uh, the place and the race. Uh, if I, the race. Uh, because the people who are, that, who are in Africa, most of them are uh, black people. So in the case of Congo, uh, you know, there is a, a, I think she's, I don't know if she's British or American. She wrote a great book, and the title of the book is uh, White Malice. Uh, White Malice, and her name is Dr. Susan Williams. Okay, hold that thought, Dr. Lagoke. We got news, traffic, and sports, and we'll continue the conversation on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. Talking with Dr. Anyaka Lagoke, uh, he's an assistant professor at Lincoln University and an author. Uh, before uh, news, traffic, and sports, we were talking about um, the crises, the humanitarian crises in Sudan and the Congo. Um, in Sudan and South Sudan, by the way, two different places. Um, and you were mentioning White Malice, a book you were recommending, and I think you were going to make a point about that as well, Dr. Lagoke. Yeah, some saying, you, were, you were saying that, uh, uh, you know, there is uh, the news are not, uh, you know, focusing on what is happening, uh, right. what has been going on in Africa, in Sudan, in some other places. 
And I was saying that it is, uh, we have to understand that it is, it is part of uh, like a, a grand design. And that grand design is what Dr. Kwame Nkrumah called collective colonialism. Uh, has the, uh, many Europeans coming together as one and uh, to uh, maintain uh, their domination in world affairs. And then they, there, is, there is a kind of consensus about how they're going to preserve their hegemony on the face of Earth. And, and therefore, uh, the system that was put into place uh, during slavery, uh, that we, uh, we experienced a, this, a similar system uh, during colonialism, and then the this, this system is updated and adapted in the 21st century. Uh, and then we can see how all the institutions and agencies controlled by the, by the European or by the West are activated in order to maintain the, you know, the, the hegemony of the, of the Westerners. In that sector, uh, in, the, like in, that, uh, in that context, uh, the media... Uh, uh, play the role that they have been assigned to play, which is not completely different from what they were doing during slavery to what they were doing during colonialism. So uh, uh, they report on Africa uh, from the, 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 the from some of the, some of them from the lens of racism. Not all of them, from, yes, some of them, and then therefore they will write as a white man who uh, has not. Uh, uh, gotten rid of the racism will write about some issues in Africa. And then the companies uh, that were exploiting Africa uh, in the, during colonialism that people can call concessionary companies, the same way those companies played that role uh, during slavery, the same companies today are there exploiting the resources of Africa. So in that context, and the, these companies, they control the media, therefore they're not going to put focus they're not going to put the, like the focus on the exploitation uh, of uh, people who have been suffering who are people who are struggling in africa so this is how i explain that and i was saying uh, that uh, for us to better there are several books but there is a book that was published in 2021 written by uh, dr susan williams and the title of the book is white malice the cia and the covert recolonization of africa so when we read that uh, we can have a, like a clear understanding of what America was doing when many African countries were gaining independence, and that we are in, like in that plan, and that's why it is difficult for many in Africa to organize properly. So guess guess what? From 1958 to 1968, most of our leaders, uh, the brightest that we could produce, uh, they were either physically eliminated or they were put in prison. Uh, quickly, 1958, Sekuture from Guinea was ostracized. Uh, 59, and then, uh, and then between 59 and 60, uh, uh, Umnyombe from Cameroon was assassinated in 1958. Boganda from the Central African Republic was assassinated. And Patrice Dumumba that we're talking about, 1961. And then 1963, uh, 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 Silvalis Olympio from Togo was assassinated. In 1964, uh, Nelson Mandela was sent to prison for 27 years. In 1965, Malcolm X was assassinated. 1968, uh, Dr. King was assassinated. And February 24, 1966, Kwame Nkrumah was overthrown, who was the champion of Pan-Africanism. So then you can see uh, that when uh, Link, uh, when uh, 
Dr. King was assassinated, uh, and then Malcolm X, uh, you know, the president who was passing those civil rights acts, L.B. Jensen, I believe was the one who was in power. So this is the fate of, 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 the, of black people, the fate of African, the people of African descent. It is not because we are so stupid. It's not because we are so ignorant. There are, the forces against Africa and its people are too strong and they work in a coordinated way. Only a Pan-African force can try, you know, to, uh, you know, advance the cause of, uh, of, of people of African descent and of, of Africans. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to go to Morris calling us from Inglewood. Hi, Morris. Thanks for your patience. No problem. No problem. Excellent conversation. My goodness, this is one of them AP class conversations. Uh, good morning, uh, <laughs> Dr. Well, it truly, truly is. And I am familiar with the literature of Susan Williams' uh, White Malice, and you're correct. It, uh, the covert CIA recolonization of Africa. Uh, I guess you also are familiar with what took place in Iran in 1953 with Mr. Mosaddegh. Uh, the question I want to ask you, sir, is this. Are you familiar with the doctrine of Christian discovery as articulated by Daniel and Paul? And how come the black church is not coming out protesting what's going on over there in Gaza? And thank you for this time. Oh, yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. talking to you. He, yeah, so, he doesn't yeah, want my yeah, opinion. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, 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 of course, you know, it's your, it's your platform. Thank you very much. So, uh, you know, I could not hear the, the brother's name, but I, uh, thank Morris. you for this beautiful question. Yeah, more, yes. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know if he's talking about a particular book, but I am, I, I am, you know, aware of that doctrine of discovery. Uh, when, uh, you know, the popes in the 15th century, uh, you know, in the name of the doctrine of discovery, I mean, that's 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 one. Of, sometimes when people are talking about history, that's something that people, many people do not do. That myself, I think, I realized that not long ago, because when we were going to school, we heard that uh, Christopher Columbus discovered America, and then they, we mentioned that oh no, discovered the word the verb to discover uh, was a part of. Uh, the dominant conversation, the era, which was about the doctrine of discovery, uh, that uh, the popes gave the right to the Portuguese and the Spaniards, uh, in order to go and see inhabited uh, by people who were not Christian and who were not white, they were given the right to go and take over, you know, those places and Christianize the people and evangelize them, and if need be, you know, to put. Yes, that's, uh, I'm familiar with that aspect. Uh, certainly, I will need to know the title of the book that Moore mentioned, and then so that I can read it. So, yeah, that, that would be my answer. Well, now, no, he was talking thing, about the yeah, book you yeah. mentioned. But, I mean, if you, mm, the, the okay. doctrine of discovery goes back to, like, the 1400s, which basically says yeah. you can discover and take over anybody's country as long as they're mm. not Christian. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, and the white. Vatican mm, just, yeah. re just repudiated that this year. In 2023, I said that the Would Vatican, that? the Vatican just made a statement against the discovery, uh, the doctrine of discovery in 2023. So it, it's been a, it was around for 500 years, and then they said, ah, yeah. you know, maybe that yeah. wasn't such a good idea. Yeah, no, of course, it, we want be, we want to go beyond that. You know, they, I think I'm I've, I've seen that information because we have uh, I can I think I. Uh, Ron Daniels, I think, who is the leader of the IBW21, 
uh, and then some other uh, uh, militants and activists. Uh, they've been fighting for reparation, and they want uh, the church, you know, to acknowledge its uh, role in slavery. So, and I've seen like communicate recently about uh, you know reparations, you know, that they want you know the, the Catholic Church, you know, to be involved in. Uh, again, like you said, more than 500 years, and it is not sufficient to come and say that you repudiated something for 600 years that was in force and it, that was going to be the foundation of, of, of white supremacy and the foundation of the wealth of the West. So what we are expecting the Europeans to understand, we are not saying that every white person you know, should go and, uh, and, uh, and uh, pay a dime you know, for, for, for reparation, but uh, there are families. And there are agencies, there are, co- there are uh, corporations, there are banks uh, that were involved in, and then in, in religious institutions like the Catholic Church, uh, that were involved in slavery, involved in, co- in colonialism, involved in segregation, and involved in the apartheid system. So we want them, you know, to show to the world that, you know, they want to rectify the ills and the, and the wrongdoings uh, of the past. It is not just about a formal apology, uh, a formal repudiation, you know, of you know the doctrine of discovery, and then then I, uh, I'm going to talk about another aspect of uh, more question, which is about uh, the church. You know, uh, there are many uh, because you know somehow they don't have that vision, they don't have that perspective, uh, maybe corrupt. Uh, they don't think that you know they have to do something in order to denounce injustices in the world. I mentioned Malcolm X, I was a member of Nation of Islam, and I mentioned Dr. King and many other religious leaders in the United States, uh, members of the Ethiopian Church, Alexander Cromwell, uh, many of those leaders, they were fighting on behalf of Africa and its people. So, uh, yes, maybe we need to launch a movement uh, in order to awaken you know, the, the dormant churches uh, that are not embracing, you know, the, the, the theology of liberation. Dr. Anyaka Lagoke is my guest. It's not too late to call 809-2015-80, 809-2015-80. I think some of it is just that we don't have the information. That's why I'm glad you're here to share and enlighten with us some of these um, situations in Africa today and their roots um, in the early uh, independence movement. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now. Dominique DePrima on First Things First. first. And uh, we're talking with Dr. Uh, Naka Lagoke, and he actually is online. You can find him online at his website. Um, NyakaLagoke.com is G-N-A-K-A-L-A-G-O-K-E.com. Got it? Okay, I'll have it up. Uh, you know, I podcast, we podcast every single show that we do around here during the week. You can find them on our app. I always include uh, the, the websites and different contacts for folks. So if you hear someone and you want to find out more, uh, and our podcasts are free, you can get them on our app. You can get them wherever you normally get your podcasts. Uh, Dr. Lagoke, I uh, want to go to uh, Willie calling us from Palmdale. Good morning. Happy Monday, Willie. Monique, I'm glad you got that extra hour of sleep. 
my question is uh, to the, uh, your guest, uh, Dr. Dick Gregory made a statement about uh, black Americans traded education for liberation. I want to know what his thought was on that. Black Americans traded um, education for liberation. That a quote from Mr. Gregory. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I interviewed Mr. Gregory many a time, so <laughs> the number of Dick Gregory quotes in my brain is rather thick. But what what are your thoughts on that? Um, and that, and that, you know, could uh, apply not just to Black Americans, by the way. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I. You know. I. I think I admired uh, Dick Gregory and then, you know, many great things that he brought to the world. Uh, uh, that statement, I will not agree uh, completely with him uh, because uh, there are many, uh, many, there was many generations of uh, black Americans here uh, who wanted to be free and who wanted to be educated and who wanted the, the you know, the children uh, or the offspring, you know, to be educated as well. And the only thing that I will suggest is that uh, we do more to learn more. Even myself, you know, as a as a scholar of Pan-Africanism, you know, you know, every day when I read, I, there are things I learn and that I should have known maybe 20 years ago. Mm. And then, so, and I, yeah, so that's, that's something I can tell you. And then I've, I don't like, you know, when people do generalizations, you know, you cannot say that all black Americans, you know, they traded uh, uh, liberation, you know, for education or education for liberation. You know, I will not, I'm not I will not agree with that because there I've seen most of the things that I, I've been reading, you know, written by some brothers here. Listen, uh, uh, there is a, uh, his name is Eric S. Duffy, who published a book that I've been reading these days. And then he was talking about Sojourners you know, for Freedom. And he was talking about those uh, black American women, generation of them, how they were fighting and they were claiming communism here. It's a powerful book about those women. That's a book everyone should read so that we can see that not all black women before the golden age of the civil rights movement were like in the kitchen or just being in the support role. And they really played, you know, the role of leaders who were fighting for freedom, connected with people across the globe. So just that book and many others were written by many great things, many great people. All right, um, Willie. Did you did uh, that answer your question? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Thank you so much, Dominique. <laughs> I agree with a lot of things Mr. Dick Gregory said too, and we did bump heads on a few things. But uh, I can't tell you how many times in today's world I wonder. I wonder what would Dick Gregory say about that. Um, Dr. Lagoke, time flies when you're on the radio, and I was uh, one of the things I was hoping to do today is help people understand a little bit more about um, what folks are facing in the Sudan, uh, where you have not only you've got the North and South, I mean the South and Sudan and regular Sudan, now it's two countries, um, you've got these generals fighting, and then on top of that they're dealing with the climate crisis, and in South Sudan there's been widespread flooding, so people are going hungry, and there's war crimes going on, and um, there's always, um, it, it is always interesting to see how Western nations line up to help or don't line up to help in these kinds of crises. Yeah, you know, I think we spoke about it. Maybe we did not. Yeah, we spoke about it. That the fact that uh, uh, it is not a uh, Sudan 
Of course, you know, there is a crisis in the southern part of Sudan, the war in the northern, like what we can call the northern part between those two generals, uh, like uh, the one who took out of power, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bashir. Uh, yes, there is a humanitarian crisis, uh, you know, people uh, being killed, uh, uh, starving, same thing in Yemen, same thing in Congo. Uh, but we don't see the mobilization of the West, what they're doing in Ukraine, what they're doing on the side of Israel, <laughs> and it is on the side of Israel. Uh, we don't see them doing the same thing on the side of the Palestinians, even though uh, we've been seeing in the world uh, like protesters in New York, in Germany, in different parts of the world, uh, you know, on the side, you know, you know, to, to you know, for, for 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 the lives of the Palestinians. Uh, that, like I said, that is uh, is part of a grand design which Kwame uh, Nkrumah called collective colonialism, and then uh, so that is the situation. That's this what I can say. Mm. As we are finishing, uh, I don't know if I will have one minute. Absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to thank you, uh, Dominic. Uh, it's good to reconnect with you. Uh, I, I was surprised, you know, <laughs> when I saw your message. And then uh, I was doing things, and I have to be with you because I know it's a very interesting conversation. I try you know, to enlighten uh, people, and then all of us, we need to read more. Uh, what is happening in Gaza is going to affect the black world. <laughs> we have to, that's something I want people to know. So anything that happens anywhere in the world is affecting other people in different parts of the world. So that's why we have to be concerned about our own fate. And we have to be concerned about the lives and the fate of others. And it is a spirit of internationalism. And we, as our people of African descent, coming together, uh, we are promoting Pan-Africanism as the moral force, you know, that can reduce, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the negative influence of white supremacy in our daily lives. And uh, you've mentioned several books. Uh, do you want to mention any journals or other um, re resources that you want people to tap in with? Oh, anyway, I won't be able to answer now because the way I do my things, uh, I even I even read CNN, uh, NBC, all of them I read, and I try to find as a researcher uh, the information that you know can sustain my perspective. So I read all of them. I won't say that that particular newspaper is better than others. I will right. not be able to tell you. Yeah, you know yeah, what? I that's that's to... very similar to what I'll do. I'll I'll go on Google yeah. News because you can see what the right is saying, what the left is saying, what the so-called center is saying, and then you can uh, use your own knowledge and understanding to figure out, you know, your what you what you believe to be the truth. Um, in, in amongst credible sources. Dr. Uh, Lagoke, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate thank you. you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you too. Thank you. And of course, as I said, we'll have all his information posted. That's what we do. Go on the app, download the app. We, If you haven't done it yet, if you've been meaning to do it, today's the day. Uh, please download our app. It makes us stronger, makes us a sustainable uh, force as a black-owned media outlet. I said the quotes are back. One of my favorite is from Kwame Nkrumah. Uh, who was mentioned in today's conversation, the president of Ghana, he said, forward ever, backward never. Tavis Smiley is next. He's got a great show for you on tap. As always, I'm Dominique DePrima. History is now, and we are making it together. Until tomorrow, one love.